Julia made a show of consulting her danced card. No, I actually find I'm rather exhausted, she added, before he could ask her for the next dance. It's the crowd. Dreadful crush, as it is every year, of course. Perhaps a turn on the terrace. Drat! The man was relentless. Julia cast a swift glance about the ballroom. Unfortunately, Lord Chudley was right about the crush. So many members of the tong packed in one spot, the men in starched linen and intricate cravats, the ladies in pastel ball gowns. It was a wonder anyone could move at all. Attendees wove past one another with polite smiles and quick pardon, intertwining like maypole dancers. Convenient for Lord Chudley, though, if he wanted an excuse to brush against her a bit more. Not that he had to expend much of an effort the way his paunch preceded him. She should never have agreed to the first set. But he'd seemed a safe enough choice when he asked. At his age, and still unattached, she'd expected he wouldn't turn into a serious suitor. Apparently, Chudley had formed other ideas. The crowd made it impossible to pick out a convenient means of escape. Her father was too occupied in the card room to concern himself with her dance partners. The ballroom, the marriage mart, that was her mother's exclusive domain. Papa was all too happy to leave Mamma with the responsibility of landing wealthy, titled husbands for Julia and her sister, while he gambled to increase the family's meagre earnings. Alas, for Mamma aimed high in the hopes of giving her daughters what she had never had— social standing and influence. In short, power. But such power came at the price of keeping up with fashion and maintaining a house in town. I think a lemonade would be quite sufficient, she finally replied with a weak smile. Lord Chudley pressed thick lips together but acquiesced with a nod. Do not move from that spot. I shall return anon. The moment he disappeared behind Lady Whitby's bright orange turban, Julia elbowed her way in the opposite direction. She'd left her older sister amid a group of twittering hopefuls in their first season. With any luck, Julia could use them and their mamas as a shield against any further unwelcome advances. She discovered Sophia next to a potted palm, deep in conversation with the dowager Countess of Eppoli. Between the plant's fronds and the matron's ostrich plumes, Sophia was well camouflaged. On Julia's approach, the dowager snapped a lorgnette to her face and eyed her from her sleek, honey-coloured coiffure to the tips of her silk-clad toes. A frown fit to curdle new milk indicated Julia had passed muster. Oh, Julia! A rosy glow suffused Sophia's normally pearl-white complexion. Julia pasted on a smile, knowing she was in for at least half an hour's worth of gushing, and that was just in public. Depending on what time they made it home tonight, Sophia could easily chatter away the remaining hours before dawn in her ebullience. As long as she didn't end up sobbing herself to sleep— as had happened all too often in the past. 
so full of affection, Sophia. If only she hadn't bestowed her heart on a man who only occasionally acknowledged her existence. On such evenings, the urge to pull her sister into a hug warred with the desire to give Sophia a stern talking to. Tonight, apparently, was one of those evenings. My lady, Sophia breathed, you simply must repeat to my sister what you've just told me. The dowager pursed her lips and subjected Julia to a second inspection, as if she might find evidence of Julia's unworthiness to hear the latest gossip. Defensively, Julia spread out her fan and held it in front of her bosom before Lady Epperly concluded her gown revealed too much. There's no need to sound so pleased about it, the old woman huffed. You young chits, you have no conception of the serious nature of events.